Good afternoon. You're watching Stockwatch this week with me, Zinati Guma. Today we bring you a review of the week's uh, stock performances and join me uh, with the insights is Rikas Riedis from PSG Wealth Ramsach and independent analyst Jimmy Muyaha. I'm very excited because uh, Jimmy and I have been talking for like two, three years uh, virtually and today is the first time that we actually meet in person. Uh, Rikas, very soon it's going to be your turn as well, joining us via Zoom there. <laughs> but let's just Definitely. get to today's show. Thank you very much, Jimmy gentlemen for your time so let's just start off with you jimmy since you are in studio monetary policy what have you formed about monetary policy so far from the moves that we've seen this week and from what you expect next week well, I think if you look at the monetary policy announcement, we going into it, we had consensus that we'd get a 50 basis point hike. But if you look at the announcement that came alongside that, that growth forecasts have been revised down from 0.6% to 0.3%, I think if we'd gotten a 50 basis point hike, that would have put even more pressure on a consumer. And you might have seen that that might have been somewhat of a catalyst towards a recessionary environment. So I think the, the lighter interest rate hike at this stage is to sort of alleviate or avoid um, the situation of potentially seeing um, a recessionary environment being triggered in South Africa. We've seen that local stocks have been doing really well, but we've seen that there's been increased pressure on the RAND as a result of things like load shedding. And that's given investor investors sort of a lack of confidence and, and surety around South Africa's growth prospects. Yeah. And I think the, the monetary policy meeting that we saw yesterday and the view of the central bank is very much along the lines of, yes, they need to get inflation down, but they've already forecast that it'll only really come down to the midpoint at the end of next year. And yeah. so until then, it's to avoid recessions and to see if we can keep economic growth on somewhat of a positive note. Not positive at all, Jimmy, because uh, the governor did revise down that economic growth for 2023 to 0.3%. Rick is saying that um, load shedding will shave off 2% of growth this year. So just on that, I mean, uh, yeah, as Jimmy mentions, it was quite imperative for them to kind of slow down on the interest rate hikes so that it doesn't really have uh, much of a negative impact on growth. But just looking at those growth dynamics and what companies are reporting on load shedding lately. Uh, Rikas, I mean, how are you viewing SA Inc. right now on the JC? Well, they're going through a difficult time, and it's the extra cost, um, I think, mainly, first of all, um, as a result of having a contingency plan and cost to um, avoid trying to do business in the dark. Um, so there's a heck of a lot of investment, and that of in that in that type of capital outlay, that's obviously going to affect your bottom line. Fortunately, it is to a certain extent a um, you know once you've acquired it, obviously you have to maintain it. But at least going going forward, it, it alleviates the inconsistency coming through from through from ESCOM. So um, hopefully, in the end, it will have almost a net zero effect. I think to, to a certain extent, it's probably forcing this country to adapt alternative forms of energy um, quicker than a lot of other countries in the world, mainly because you are forced to do that. So that's the unintended consequence mm. of that. But it's obviously having an effect on, on company profits going forward. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, specifically uh, local as you said south african ink stocks have been have been lagging your more um, um overseas 
yeah. type of businesses that, that just happens to be listed here. Yeah. Uh, talking about uh, load shedding's effects on uh, company profits, uh, that could either be good or bad, mostly bad. But there are some companies that are set to benefit from that. There's actually a question here. Which JC counters stand to be the big winners uh, of ESCOM's ineptitude? I think from the top of my head, I can maybe come up with Roynet, uh, that is that has that renewable energy unit. Um, they engage in solar panel projects. There's also Ellie's loss making, but uh, you can get inverters from there. Uh, Montauk Energies as well, which is also listed on the Nasdaq. I think they uh, convert biogas into renewable energy. Jimmy, thoughts on that? <laughs> I, you know what, it's very difficult to say that there'll be companies that will benefit from ESCOM's situation. I think Rickus rightly mentioned that the, the overriding theme is going to be, it's going to be costlier to businesses. We saw that when retailers reported numbers um, a little while ago, all of them had the same thing to say. All of them have said that they lost trading hours because of this load shedding situation. Yeah. So I think if we're going to look for positive companies, you'll find companies that do the solar uh, panels and the solar businesses and that sort of thing, and companies that are in alternative energy. But at the moment, I don't know if that's there's going to be a direct correlation between that company's performance and what we see from a load shedding perspective. Because yeah. yes, they might be able to increase their output, they might be able to increase their sales um, off the back of the, the load shedding crisis. But again, those um, costs to implement those solar panels and those sorts of things are not exactly cheap for yeah. the South African consumer. So there might not be a direct correlation in that respect. Um, and I, I really think that at this point, ESCOM is doing more harm than good to all the stocks on the JSC at this point. Yeah. Um, on that front, uh, Jimmy, not too optimistic about that <laughs> in terms of investment into companies that uh, do have renewable energy units. On your side, Rickers, uh, do you have a keen interest in any of these counters? Maybe one of the ones that I mentioned. Yeah, um, well, just just briefly, Montauk is basically in the U.S. They make their money um, selling um, ethylene. Um, yeah, I won't even go into that. But yeah, as you as you said, it is if they can get their um, business done correctly, and also in that field, Mustak, which is doing very well out of out of alternative energy inverter type of uh, supplier things. But I but I think. A second order effect is taking a look at companies um, which have done or aren't doing the work already as far as um, getting off the grid or or getting off the grid to a certain extent is concerned. And, and, and a glaring example, if, if you'll excuse the pun on, on glaring, is, for example, Mr. Price and the Fashini Group, where mm -hmm. the Fashini Group has already in, um, invested in alternative ways of keeping their um, you know, shops out of darkness, whereas Mr. Price hasn't done that. So take a look at companies that have already done steps, already implemented, and they will obviously gain from um, the fact that their competitor hasn't done it. So that's one thing. And then obviously there are the direct beneficiaries, as you've said, things like Roynet with their, um, with their alternative energy, um, or even um, a company like Mahube that's that's running three solar plants at the moment might, and, and might expand. So that's another way of looking uh, at it. All right.
Let's get into those retailers uh, because Truett says they didn't necessarily lose trading hours because all their stores are able to trade even offline, um, uh, even the ones that don't have backup power. And the market actually reacted quite well to that trading update from Truett. Um, of course, also we know that Truett, a lot of their sales come from credit. Mm. What are you making of two words right now and the optimism? I, I think every time I see positive movements on, on two words and it's big movements, I get surprised. Um, yeah, Jimmy, what do, what do you make of two words? <laughs> I think at the moment, you're, if, you, if you're comparing um, your retailers, you look at the performance that we saw from Mr. Price. You look at the performance we saw from Woolworths. You look at the performance we saw from the TFG group. Really, Truards, well, they did a lot better than Mr. Price did, undoubtedly. Yeah. And probably a lot better than what Woolworths has been doing since Woolworths has been struggling with this David Jones um, unit of the of as part of their business. They're finally getting rid of that. They're finally mm. saying that the, the dead weight is no longer going to be part of the business, which also was received with optimism by the market, and the market was very happy with that, um, with, with the confirmation that that's going through. But on the Mr. Price side, you saw that the, the fact that the Studio 88 numbers had such a significant effect on the rest of their numbers um, wasn't something consumers uh, wanted to hear. They wanted to see that the rest of the business performed well, even despite the addition of the Studio 88 uh, business. And so, the optimism probably around Truards is that you're, you're in an environment where we are looking for good positive performances and um, the fact that consumers are able to see that and investors are able to be assured of that, as Rick has mentioned, that's going to be something that's going to be important uh, where consumers look and investors look at, look at stocks that are co um, sort of, sorry, load shedding resilient yeah, and yeah. are able to continue in this tough time, particularly if we're going to face a recession and we're going to look for defensive stocks. That's the thing, because I think the only reason I get surprised by the big movements, the big positive movements on Truids, it really seems like a boring, steady eddy. And I mean, even management, the fact that they haven't changed CEO in, in years. Um, but Rikas, I mean, is that what you need in this kind of environment? A steady eddy company that isn't as exciting as your Mr. Price going for Studio 88? And yeah, do you need a steady eddy? <laughs> Yeah, possibly. I mean, but it, but but it still is discretionary con consumer spend. And if we're heading into a slowdown, recession, whatever, you don't really want to be in that sector. So in that sense, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll probably be shot down for this one. But it, uh, but it's as if Truers is the Lewis of 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 retail. In other words, they benefit from um, people going into credit, um, but. If as long as they manage that that um, this book, but it's not as with Lewis, it's not a company that has changed into something which we can say four or five years from now it's going to look like a different company. What what we get is what has always been as with Lewis, as with Truist. So at times they will do well, at times they won't do that well, but there's nothing that says this company is moving forward as far as I'm concerned. Mm. All right, sticking with you, Rickus, um, moving over to coal. Uh, Transnet coal exports uh, through the Richards Bay coal terminal dropped to about 50 million tons in 2022, the worst performance since 1993. What is the market implication of this? And should you as an investor be concerned? Uh, Rickus? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's absolutely terrible if you're, you know, for example, Tungela mining coal and you can't get it um on onto a ship in other words it's your 
logistics is absolutely the the rails on which a economy um, survives. If you if you can't do that, and the alternative by tracking is um, is far more expensive than putting things on on a trade. It is a dreadful scenario. Mm. Um, it's it's hurting exports. I mean, short term it's great for together. They mining stuff, and as long as they've got place to to uh, to store it for later export, that mining cost is all, has already been done. But longer term, um, it's fairly obvious that that one has to have an improvement in rail. It still is the cheapest way to move something from point A to point B across country. Yeah. There's another question on call, uh, specifically Tungela, uh, Jimmy. Is it a good time to buy Tungela for the dividend payout or wait for a lower price? I guess it also just, do you think that the price can go lower? Look, I think Rick has hit the nail on the head in that Tungela and a lot of other companies are going to suffer from Transnet situation. Mm. If you haven't been keeping tabs on the Transnet situation in the last 18 or so months, they've had six force majeures declared. Um, if we're looking at the global growth forecasts and you compare South Africa to the likes of Latin America, where the f growth forecasts from an international point of view for Latin America are going to be centered around commodities. They're anticipating that we'll see about a 1.6% uh, growth outlook from Latin America in this year as a result of commodities outlook. In South Africa, we're not seeing anywhere near that. We have uh, chrome exports that are suffering, manganese exports that are suffering, coal exports that are suffering, and the list keeps going on. I mean, if we look at companies like Ford, for example, you mentioned earlier um, the Ford Motor Company having been operated in South Africa for so long, yeah. they um, invested additional amounts of money into rolling out a South African power, uh, South African production plant in the hopes of getting more Ford vehicles out from South Africa. And they've been unable to do that because of Transnet, not because of their inability to get things going, because Transnet hasn't built the rail infrastructure that's required there. And the same thing probably applies for uh, Toyota. Toyota's announced that, yes, they want to look at that um, EV uh, legislation that's going to come through uh, in our budget speech and all of that. But a large part of that is also going to be centered around the fact that are they going to be needing rail infrastructure um, to get their automotive vehicles out of South Africa as well? So the implications and the impact that Transnet has on the economy and on businesses operating within this economy stretches far beyond just Tungela and uh, one or two other mining stocks. Hmm. Uh, here's a stock that we don't really talk about much except for when they have um, results. Uh, Rickus, Cap Industrial. I bought cap at 4.80 and it's been trading more recently in the range of 4.00 to 4.30. Do we st still see value in cap? Should I still hold on based on the long-term outlook? What can we expect to see in their interims in February? Do you look at cap, Rickers? Yeah, I do, and it's an interesting company. They, they are so diverse in their operations, whether it be transport or mattresses or whatever, that they're almost very much like Bit Bitvest, a snapshot of the local South African economy. If you are positive on that, then, uh, you know, on on the economic outlook, I'm not talking about this year or next year, but looking four or five years ahead, it's a well-run business with interesting um, operations. Um, and because they are so diversified in what they do, you know, if one sector, you know, transport does badly, maybe mattresses are, are okay. So um, it's... It, as long as you are positive on this country and not, you know, 
having better growth going forward without it having to be very exciting kind of yeah. kind of growth then then that's the kind of you know it's a it's a nice diversified business to hold uh, all right Jimmy I want to come to you with um, a small cap very small cap Alphaman. Um, I'm interested in buying Alphaman. Is it a good buy? I remember um, I didn't know about it until last year and there was so much bullishness because every single time you'd go on to ShareNet, you'd see the stock up 20% <laughs> for about a week or two weeks. And I actually went back to the charts and I saw that it had this big spike, uh, went up to 20 Rand on the 20th of January last year. Now it's back at around 12 Rand. Tin Miner, uh, any interest at all in, in, in Alphaman? Well, I think if you're looking at Alphaman, you're, you're looking similar to guys like Tungela in the commodity space yeah. because the, the, the mining that goes into tin, uh, tin prices have gone up some 22% last month alone. Yeah. The, the main reason for that is going to be the, um, the demand expectations coming out of China. We know that tin is a leading product in solder, which is basically used to connect almost every electronic thing you can think of. Mm -hmm. And if Chinese demand returns, you're going to see uh, potentially uh, an increase in demand for things like oil, increase in demand for things like coal, tin included, and that sort of thing. So if your bet is that Chinese demand will return after the new year um, and that the, they will reopen their economy as they've planned to do, mm -hmm. then it might be worth investing into if you're looking at your small cap stocks. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you're looking at the macro environment and the picture globally, everybody is reliant on China at this stage. Yeah. We've got oil prices reliant on China. We've got coal prices. Um, we've, we've even got luxury goods uh, prices. Yeah. Yes. reliant on China. I mean, you look at companies like Richemont where the Asia market has been one of their slower markets with the exception of Japan mm -hmm. as a result of um, the Chinese market being so closed for so long. Everything at this point is hinging on Chinese demand being significant. Mm -hmm. And if that's a bet that you're willing to take as a holder of Alphamin, then that could be a bet that could pay off quite handsomely. Ah, all right. Let's get on to uh, some of your other bets today. So, Rikus, starting with you, what's your stock pick? Um, it's it's a Dutch semiconductor company called um, NXP. Um, it used to be with um, Simmons. They basically design and manufacture semiconductor chips, but it's the second tire um, type of chip that you would use in a, a car or in a, um, a spot of a payment or a mobile telephone payment system. Um, so it's not directly related to um things like alarm clocks and watches and that which is which is your lower kind of chip so it's the medium type of chip and um they are in direct competition with things that are that are being manufactured in china the us the netherlands um have and singapore if I'm not mistaken have just banned the export of high-grade microchips to china and those get used in the machines that make the kind of chip that NXP does, um, apart from the fact that NXP also manufactures in Texas, which is the place to be if you want to do that kind of manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Sitting on a price earnings of 16, the results are due this Monday coming. I would like to see that first, but it's not a hefty valuation considering the rest of that sector. Dividend yield about 4% and technically picture looks great. All right. Well, Jimmy, let's get to your stock pick for today. 
It's going to be TFG, the Fashini Group. Um, I'm, we're getting closer to that 100 Rand level. Mm -hmm. um, I'm liking that level because I think the stock will be able to hold at that level. Uh, Rick has mentioned something earlier around the fact that they've been able to um, secure some of their business. And if you remember, last year in one of the updates, TFG announced they had implemented uh, Tesla power walls in about 70% of their stores and 70, securing 70% of their revenue. And looking at a difficult time that we're going into now, um, that balance coupled with the additional service offering they're looking to offer through their partnership with Time Bank as that continues yeah. to grow. Um, I'm liking where the stock is sitting at the moment. We saw last year we got as high as about 150 Rand a share. Uh, we're sitting closer to the 100 Rand level, sitting at about 106, 107 Rand at the moment. I think we might still have opportunity to come down to 100 Rand, possibly even uh, 98, maybe 95 Rand. Yeah. Uh, but I do see the stock being resilient through this time and holding on. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your time. Uh, that was independent analyst Jimmy Muyaha and Rickus Riedis from PSG Wealth Ramsach.